Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Happy Sunday. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta. I am a dating coach and matchmaker and founder of singleinthecity.ca. And thank you so much, everybody, for joining me here tonight. Is astrology a tool that we should be looking into when it comes to your love life? Um, Tonight, we're going to be getting those answers. We're going to answer this question with a little help from my guest, Annie Parker. Annie is a celebrity energy reader and healer that blends her training as a Reiki master and shamanic teachings, beta healing, and hypnotherapy for an all-in-one encompassing experience. And tonight we're going to be exploring what astrology is, how you can determine compatibility with it, and how it can be helpful for future relationships. Well, Annie, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk about this. And I'm so excited to have you. You're like as cute like a little button, and she's the uh, latest addition to the Single in the City team on Clubhouse. (laughs) Of course. Yes. And I'm always so amazed when you're in the rooms and you're speaking about astrology. It just it seems to just flow right out of your mouth. Like I'm like, did you study this stuff? Like, wh- how did you get into astrology? Because you seem to know a lot about it. And I'll be honest, I don't know anything about it. Like, I I do know some, you know, I do know a little bit about astrology, but I'm just I don't understand all the other stuff that comes with it. So how did you get into astrology? Absolutely. So I've actually been studying astrology for about 12 years. And I started studying astrology around the same time that I started doing um, energy healing, becoming a Reiki master, all of those things. And, And the thing I've learned is, you know, all of these things are energy in ways to interpret energy. And it's very, you know, it's almost like anyone that has a love of psychology will also have a love of energy because, you know, each planet that we talk about, whether it's the sun or the moon, they just represent different energies. And when you understand that, it becomes a lot easier to talk about. And I just found it so fascinating to study the different energies and behaviors of not only people, but of what goes on in like relationship dynamics based on people's individual charts. And for me, I always found that I, I didn't really fully resonate with the horoscopes that I would read online or, you know, in the newspaper. And I, I was always super interested, but I would read it and I'm like, this doesn't, this doesn't really fit me. Why not? So I started looking deeper into natal charts, which is your, you know, the horoscopes that we're reading in the newspaper, that's our sun sign. And that's who we kind of are on the inside. But we have so many different things that make up who we are as a whole. And everyone is so uniquely different. That's what makes it really fun. So it started to make me understand why just reading a, you know, a magazine or newspaper horoscope wasn't resonating because there's just so much more to it. And that's really fun. Yeah, and those are the other outside factors that come into play that you're speaking about, right? Um, yes. Is that yeah, it, exactly. I, I mean, it's that's why it's so confusing for me because it's not so black and white. It's not so straightforward. It it just seems to be very complicated, you know? Um, so we can talk about that in a little while, but I want to know um 
what are some, like, what's going on with astrology right now? Have you seen any interesting trends with it, like, especially in, rela- in relation to dating and relationships? Well, that's such an interesting question because I started feeling like, you know, watching the astrology of the last couple of months, and we just went through a huge retrograde period. And, and in that period, probably about the beginning of September, it really, you know, you hear the term cupping season. It started, there seemed to be a really big push astrologically in relationships by like the beginning of September. And I started to like really energetically feel that people were being really pulled into wanting a relationship, even if they hadn't previously. And, you know, whether that's from being in the house too long or whatever, whatever, you know, the the energy collectively was really pushing towards relationships. But then we went into a Mercury retrograde for about four weeks by the end of September and that slowed things down. It caused a lot of misunderstandings and the things that were seemingly kind of going in the right direction, a lot of times hit a little speed bump. And that actually ended just yesterday. Whew, we can breathe a sigh of relief. But Annie, I just want to ask you though, because I'm sure there are people that don't know what Mercury retrograde is. So what is that? Yes, that's such a good question. And I know a lot of people hear a lot about it. You see the memes. And Mercury is our planet of communication. And it also rules technology. So if you think about your phone glitching, the apps glitching, Instagram and Facebook going down for an entire day, That was all during Mercury retrograde when things can get glitchy. Communication can get glitchy. This is when you can accidentally send the text to the wrong person if you're not careful. It's a time to just double check your work and give yourself some extra time, time before responding to people, you know, extra time in case, yeah, your apps are glitching, your phone isn't working right. So we've just come out of that. So things will start to smooth out now. Yeah, there seemed to be a lot of miscommunication in the last few weeks, mm-hmm. things that I experienced personally. So it kind of makes a lot of sense. Now, we also had a full moon in Aries earlier this week, another thing that seems to affect our mood and how we act. Why should we be mindful of these things and, and how they impact us, Annie? I love that question. Yes. So we had a full moon on the 20th and the moon rules our emotions. So actually, you know, we're speaking of Mercury, we're speaking of the moon. Those are some things I really look at when it comes to relationship compatibility, because if the moon rules our emotions, we want to know how we deal with emotions and how other people deal with their emotions. So this full moon was in Aries. Aries can be a little combative. So being that we had this stagnant feeling of the retrogrades up until just recently, and then all of a sudden we get this kind of volatile full moon right after it's kind of like pushing everyone forward out of this stagnant energy and anything that was no longer working we're just kind of blasting through it and dropping it but you know we had to really be sure because we're feeling so much passion all of a sudden like we're getting our passion back and that's so exciting we just have to make sure we are putting it towards being productive and towards love and not towards war because that's really easy to do sometimes under a full moon like that Now, for someone who's new to astrology, how can you get into it and and learn more about your sun sign? Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, you can always contact, you know, someone like me, an astrologer, and we walk you through everything and give you everything you need to know about 
all of your planets. But then you also, there are so many free resources online. One of my, um, one of my favorite websites is astro-charts.com, astro-charts. And that really kind of, it's very aesthetically pleasing to someone new. I still use it often if I'm on my phone and just looking for something quick because I have an actual, um, you know, a professional astrologer program on my computer that I use that save all my clients' charts. But when I'm just going quick and I want something like quick and easy to look at, there are also websites like, um, I think it's like just astro.com and things like that, that can kind of explain what some of the sun signs mean and, and break down your chart a little bit for you on a very superficial level. Now, you know, there are a lot of people, Annie, right, that think that this whole horoscope astrology thing is basically woo-woo. People follow it. Some people don't. But from your perspective, why do you think it's important to know about your personal sign and horoscope? I mean, how can we use this information to get better insight into how you date and how to love yourself better? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll just, I'll just, for anyone that doesn't believe, I have to tell you, the <laughs> richest, most successful people in the world all have astrologers. Drake drops his album based on astrology, and he's a Scorpio like I am. Um, Beyonce. Every time I come across a, 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 someone who's a Scorpio, I go, <laughs> they sting ya. They sting ya hard. <laughs> I dated a couple, I can say that. All right, go ahead. Sorry. Drake. Okay, we've got Drake. Who else? Rihanna? Who did you say? Beyonce. Beyonce. I do love that Scorpio-Leo combination, though. It's very fiery. <laughs> oh, boy. But, yeah, yeah. But, you know, um, there are even presidents that have used astrologers because it's a tool to get to know yourself and know the best time to do certain things. When you really start to use it to your advantage, you know when your most beneficial times of the year are. I know when it's a beneficial time to get into a relationship or when I should use caution because things may not be what they seem. I, I can tell in my astrology when someone might be peacocking, right? That's when they're showing us the best light, but they're not exactly who they say they are based on Neptune, the planet of illusion and what that's doing. So this is where astrology, the more you learn, the more you can start to kind of help yourself. But with dating, it's really amazing because like, okay, so when I, when you know where your moon sign is, you know how your emotions run, right? So in dating, I use the moon sign a lot because my moon is in Gemini. Gemini needs a lot of mental stimulation. That means if someone is not communicative and someone's not having good communication with me and we're enjoying like a fun banter and kind of learning things together and learning things about each other, I know it's not going to be a good dating match because that's something that I just naturally need as a moon in Gemini. I'm a Venus Virgo, which means acts of service is my love language. You can always look at your Venus sign Almost in comparison with the love languages, it all, almost always coincides. Annie, we need to take a break. We'll come right back. Don't lose your train of thought. And we're going to also talk about some signs and how compatibility works when we come back after the break.
Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. It's Sunday night and you're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bilotta with tonight's guest, Annie Parker. Uh, we're talking about how sun signs can help determine compatibility. What an interesting conversation we're having here, Annie. Uh, so before the break... We were discussing, uh, you know, if someone was new to astrology, how could they get into it and learn more about their sun sign? So I would love for you to continue with that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I was mentioning how someone could kind of learn about their dating style using their natal chart. So the sun sign is like, I would say, honestly, the sun sign is like maybe 25, 20 to 25%, right? So some people put so much stock into sun signs when dating. Like I've heard people say, as an astrologer, even in the single in the city rooms, like I do not date this sun sign or I do not date that sun sign. And the reason I always kind of laugh and advise against that is there are so many other things to look at. You know, it gets it gets so, it seems complicated, but it's really not. Because like I was saying before the break, your Venus sign is how you love. So that's almost like your love language. You can think of your Venus sign as your love language, right? And that's just a tool to help you relate better to your person that you're dating. If you know their love language and they know yours, then you know how to move a little easier. You understand each other a little better. So literally, astrology is just about creating better understanding. I did not know that horoscopes were related to love languages, okay? So I just learned that today. Um, So how can we learn more about finding out this information? Like, where do we go? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Well, first of all, you can go to your room, Single in the City on Clubhouse, because we absolutely talk about it during the week. (laughs) We talk a lot about it, actually. It's so fun. And then... um, yeah, use use some of the, the free websites to, if you know your birth time, you can pull up your, you don't even need your birth time, but it's very helpful if you have your birth time because your birth time actually tells you your rising sign, also known as the ascendant. So a lot of people get that confused, rising and ascendant, they're actually both the same thing. And that is where the sun was at the time of your birth. It changes every two hours, and that's why the time is so important. And your sun sign, your ascendant, is how you show up to other people, right? So your sun sign is how, what you are like on the inside, but your rising sign, your ascendant, is what you look like to other people. So you might, if you're a Leo, you might not even look like a Leo to everyone else. You're going to look like your rising sign, and that's why that's important to know. And you can get that information on some of these free apps that I had mentioned before the break. Now, what about if you're born on on the cusp? Like, do you take on some of the qualities of of that uh, sun sign? You can. You can. Some astrologers do not believe in cusp because depending on what time you were born, you are very much one or the other. Now, I, um, I am very near the Libra cusp, so... I can't even say that I'm a Libra cusp because I have a lot of Libra in my chart. I have um, Jupiter, which is our planet of luck, is in Libra. So that's where it gets a little tricky because you'll have so many other 
signs in your natal chart, you can't really tell. Just like you're, if you're, are you a cancer cusp? I am. I'm a cancer cusp. And I feel like I do have a lot of the cancer traits. I'm quite sensitive. I love to be close to home. Like I'm a big family person. And I I definitely um, can relate to, to, to being a cancer in some regards, but then I'm also a roaring Leo as well, right? I'm a go-getter, like I'm very loyal. I'm a little, well, I have some bossy traits, but not necessarily at home, but, you know, when I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a leader for sure. So, um, but yeah. So I haven't done your chart yet. I've done a chart for a lot of the, the girls in the single in the city room and, um, guys too even, but I haven't done yours yet. But I bet if we did your chart, you would see you have a lot of planets in Cancer or at least some main planets, planets in Cancer because when your sun sign is that close, then very often some of the other planets are right right there nearby also. Mm, interesting. Yes, you definitely mm-hmm. read me. <laughs> So what are some of the things that you look at to determine compatibility between two people based on their size? Like what other information gets factored in? Because it's not so black and white. You know, there are so many different variables like what you just spoke about, right? Like a cusp could be one thing. Um, the time you were born, the day you were born, your rising sun, your moon sign, etc. Yeah, yeah, there's so much. And and the thing is, I we do what's called synastry when someone has, you know, when you want to use your birth chart and your birth time and line it up and see how you match with someone else, like whoever you're dating birth, uh, birth time and location and all of that, you can take two natal charts and put them together and see the synastry between the two. They call it synastry. So I do that, and it's really fun. And the things that I look for are you know, are your moon signs compatible? Or, you know, is is the, if there's a male and a female, right, um, is the female's moon sign compatible with like the male sun sign? So it's not always just sun sign, sun sign. I, I look at, you know, the the woman's emotions. Are they compatible with maybe his rising or his sun sign? Um, and then are the Venus signs compatible? Mercury, that's your communication, is how you two communicate going to be easy or is there something you need to watch out for? Now, I'm never going to look at a chart and be like, oh, these people are just not compatible at all. I'm going to say, okay, these are the things that you're going to have to work on and watch out for. Because if you know them ahead of time, you can hopefully, you know, do a little extra work when it comes to, if I know someone has a very emotional communication style, and then someone also has a very non-emotional, dry communication style, but they're a couple, that way you can let them know, hey, look, like this person's a little more emotional in their communication style, so you need to have some patience with that and find some middle ground there, right? So these things are tools to help the relationship, not really necessarily determine whether someone should or shouldn't be together, because only two people can determine that. Mm-hmm. Now, how far into dating do you think that you should ask for somebody's birth information <laughs> so that you can look into their compatibility? <laughs> because some people, I mean, some people won't date you unless they feel that that they're going to be compatible with you based on that. So, like at first date, hey, um, what uh, when were you born? What day were you born? Where were you born? What like what what are, you, what are we asking for? <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I think this is the funniest question primarily because most guys that I date know that I'm an astrologer. So they instantly look at me and they're like, are you going to read me like right off the bat? And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm trying to get to know you, you know, and, and I certainly wouldn't judge or not go on a date with someone based on their sun sign. Because like I said, that's only like 20 percent. It's so little um, of the bigger picture. Oh, my goodness, Annie, so, I get the same thing when it comes to, you know, being a dating coach and matchmaker and such, right? It's like the same thing. Oh, are you going to judge me? Yeah. <laughs> and I guess yeah, like, it's in crazy. a way, like, we do not, we're not judge them, but we, we, we just have really high standards because we know exactly what we want. Like, I know I do. You know, I, and I'm not, you know, I'm not looking to tolerate any anything less than well not less than what I deserve yeah less than what I deserve let's just say it right I'm you know I I have strong boundaries I have uh you know I set high standards for myself and I and I think it's really important I think everybody needs to do that so so yeah I I feel you lady (laughs) I feel you (laughs) absolutely important all of those things are so important but and the more you get to know yourself the better you can be with your boundaries and standards that's why this is so important too all of these tools to get to know yourself they are literally about helping you find your standards your boundaries and what you want so for myself or anyone else interested in astrology I would never, I might ask someone what their sun sign is for fun or when their birthday is, but I would never ask for someone's birth information before like the third or fourth date, because the first two dates, we're still just kind of having fun, getting to know each other. But by the third and fourth date, okay, if I'm going on a third date with you, that means like I enjoy spending time with you and we're definitely at a place where we're going to continue probably seeing each other because I, by the second date, I know whether or not I want to hang out with someone and keep spending time with them. So by the third or fourth date, we're probably comfortable enough to have this conversation in a fun way where it's like in a fun way and laugh about it time or not. Yes. Yes. Because, you know, and there are some guys that have been like, no, I don't want, I don't want you to, I don't want you to do my, my natal chart. And that's totally fine too. If they, if they feel like it's because it is, it can be, it can feel invasive and, and you never want your partner to feel that way. Eventually they'll be comfortable enough with you to let you do that. Right. But especially in the beginning, you know, I would say maybe by the third or fourth date, you can feel comfortable enough to ask if you two have like cultivated a nice relationship together. But if they say, no, like, I don't want to do that. Like that's okay too. And you have to respect their privacy because this is kind of delving into someone's energy a little bit, and you don't do that without permission. Now, what if someone doesn't want to divulge that information? I mean, you start getting serious. They don't want to, you know, give you that information. I, that, to me, would seem like a bit of a red flag. What do you think? <laughs> well, as a Scorpio and as the natural detective of the Zodiac, I'm probably going to find out anyway, eventually. How would you find <laughs> um, You know, it's... <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I don't see it as that big of a red flag because it's personal information. And I've also dated people that were adopted and just didn't have their birth information and it was still just fine. You get to know them anyway. 
That's something different, though. But if we're in a long-term relationship, I need to know. All right, when we get back more, <laughs> you can use astrology to improve your dating life. We'll be right back. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. We're back on the Dating and Relationship Show. This is Global News Radio, 640 Toronto on a Sunday night. I'm Laura Bilotta, joined by Annie Parker. She is an astrologer, and we are getting back to our chat on how astrology can impact your love life. I love this conversation. How can you use this information like sun signs while dating? Like, does this come into play in in areas other than compatibility? I mean, so we had mentioned love language earlier, and I was saying, you know, and and I have found in all of my studies that the Venus sign is really similar to love language. So you can kind of see what someone's love language is based on their Venus sign. So, and like I mentioned, the moon sign is our emotion. So you can see how someone kind of emotes or or how they will or won't show their emotions based on their moon sign. The sun sign is who they are on the inside. So some of that information might be a little more buried, which is why sometimes people's horoscopes the basic ones in the newspaper or magazines don't fully resonate. Sometimes no. they resonate better with either their moon or their rising sign. Well, see, and I think that there, that's why there are so many people that don't believe in it because maybe at once upon a time, they started reading uh, their horoscope in the paper and like, it's like, Oh, that's not true. Well, that didn't happen. Well, that, that's a load of, and then it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, that's a load of crap. <laughs> I can't be bothered with this stuff. And it's complicated, right? So it is. Now, I know a lot of people. It's so much more. It's what? Sorry. It's so much more complicated than just, you know, a horoscope in a magazine because you have to think they're writing one horoscope for billions of people. And and of course, it's not going to resonate with billions of people, especially when everyone's natal charts are so different. Everyone is so uniquely different. That's what makes part of the study of astrology so fun. Exactly. Now, I know a lot of people who take sun signs very, very seriously when it comes to dating. They won't date anyone or someone who has an opposing sign because they're worried about how it's going to turn out, how the relationship is going to turn out. Uh, Is this the be-all, end-all for relationships, or or should we take other things into consideration when looking at compatibility based on sun signs? So that's interesting that you mentioned the opposite signs. I have heard so often that I won't date this sign, I won't date that sign, based on a previous experience experience with someone of that sign, right? And then people also attach to certain stereotypes of signs. Like someone was saying, oh, I don't date Aquarius because they're so detached. And I stopped them and I'm like, right. But when Aquarius finds the person they want, they've actually been one of the most romantic signs I've ever seen. So, you know, it's very situational, first of all, but also there are different levels of evolution in every sign in every person. So I'll use Scorpio as an example, because I am a Scorpio sun sign and rising. I'm a lot of Scorpio. Um, 
Now, Scorpio, they've always said there are three different levels of evolution with Scorpio. You have the scorpion that's on the ground, ready to attack, ready to sting. Anyone that pisses them off makes them mad. Um, that's and the then they I have... <laughs> that's the yes, one. yes, yes. Okay. That's the lowest evolution. That's, that's like a young Scorpio, right? And then you have the eagle. The next evolution is the eagle Scorpio. And that's where you rise above some of the BS. Not everything can make you mad, but if someone does threaten you, you can still swoop down and grab them real quick. And then finally, your final level of evolution is the phoenix. And that is where you come through the ashes, you rise above everything, and literally you are untouchable. Nothing could bother you because you are so elevated in such a state of, you know, spiritual evolution, I guess, for lack of a better word, uh, you know, just the the human mundane things just like could never touch your energy because your energy is just so radiant. Now, I am definitely not a phoenix. I would say I'm not a scorpion. I'm probably somewhere along the eagle because I will have learned to take like 10 deep breaths before I re- react and respond to someone. But all of these things are to get to know yourself better. I knew I I could not stay at the scorpion level, stinging everyone, every guy that, that, you know, did something wrong to me. I had to rise above and become that eagle and take a different evolution of it. So you have to know, and this is part of getting to know people during the dating process. You have to know where they are in that evolution. You can't just assume that every sun sign is the lower level, the, the worst version of their evolution. And actually, when you talk about opposite sun signs, those are some of my favorite matches is being with your opposite. Oh, my goodness. So can I ask what that stinging entailed when you would sting them? <laughs> I I have I have a very sharp tongue. Um, I would get very angry, and for a very tiny person, I think I used to yell louder than most people in town. So uh, I had to really that sharp tongue would you know just cut you like a knife, and and you know it definitely came with anger and and just reacting without listening sometimes, and I had to learn how to take some deep breaths and rise above the situation and gain a wider, deeper perspective before responding. I love that. Um, Where you turn a negative into a positive, right? Um, Now, I never Mm -hmm. need to date anyone that I'm supposed to be compatible with, right? (laughs) Based on astrology. So maybe that's where I fall short in relationships. Um, but what's the, just for fun, um, what's, what's the lowest level of the Leo? Cause that's what I am. I'm a Leo. <laughs> the lowest level of the Leo, they just, you know, they, they want all the attention. They, they have a little trouble sometimes allowing their partner to have the attention sometimes. I'm okay with my partner having attention. I just don't like being yes. with a partner where they crave a ton of attention. Like I'm. I, I'm more attracted to someone who's a little more quiet and reserved and likes to speak because uh, I, I, I like to be with someone who can communicate, but it's just not the life of the party, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And yeah, that would be that lower level. Leo is someone that needs all the attention, you know? So yeah, I'm not got, I love that evolution for you. I graduated from that. 
All right. When we come back, we're going to continue this conversation, and we're still discussing how astrology and other outside factors can affect us and our relationships. We'll be right back. Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It's Sunday night and you're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta, with my friend, astrologer Annie Parker. We're chatting about how energy work, well, we're going to be talking about that, how energy work can give your love life a boost. But before that, I just want to ask you, couple more questions around astrology uh, and your dating life. Oh, and how about astrology when it comes to long-term relationships? I want to know about that. Now, how can astrology be useful for couples that have been in long-term relationships? How can they take this information and use it to strengthen their relationships? And I I know that you mentioned uh, the love languages, but is there any other way that people can use astrology to strengthen their relationship? I really, this is a great question, and I think, I think that astrology and relationships are, are all about communication, and that is our Mercury, right, which we just came out of Mercury retrograde. So I would really, when it comes to long term, I want to look at people's Mercury and see how they communicate. I want to look at their Mars and see how they fight. What are their fighting styles if they have a disagreement? Is that right? what Mars is then? Mars is how you fight? Mars, yeah, Mars can be the, you know, that's our masculine energy and that can be our fighting energy. So I look at that to see, like, if we were in an argument, me and my partner, like, what is my style of argument and what is theirs, right? And then... um Saturn is restriction, like where do we feel restricted? And and, um, it's really, there's so much, there's so much. And and like I said, this is none of this is to say, oh, this person and that person shouldn't be together or I shouldn't be with this person. It's all to say, okay, well, you know, if, if if my fighting style is fiery and and I come right out the gate like raw like a Scorpio right and and then someone else's is tame and calm and and grounded like I have to if I know that's my partner and that's their way of debating or settling an argument right I need to learn their ways and meet them where they are and they have to be okay that sometimes I might be a little fiery sometimes you know what I mean so it's really getting to know each other on such a deep level and having patience and understanding each other yeah I can get fiery but then it's it's over in an hour I'm, I'm over it yeah. same way no Scorpios they tend <laughs> yeah. to hang on to things you know, um, the more evolved lets it go a little sooner. So I'm very grateful for that because I I literally, it normally takes me a day or two and, and I'm completely over it where before, yes, it's like, hang on for life and I will never forget. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't do that anymore because it's not healthy for us to hang on to things like that. And that's actually where the energy work comes in. Yeah. So w- when there's a d- the disagreement in any of my relationships or past relationships, um, I, I used to like to 
uh, address things right away, right, in the past. But now I feel that I like to take a step back. I'm not so anxious about arguing or fighting. Whereas before I would get anxious about it, and then I would want to just go at them, right, without really processing why are we fighting here or, you know, like being able to just – Take a step back. I think that that's really useful. Uh, being able to take a step back and just, you know, analyzing what is going on here, you know, and I feel that that has helped me in my relationships. It's just maybe not addressing the issue right away, but just taking a step back, regrouping, you know, thinking about what it is that that is really going on here, and then having a conversation about it, so that when you do have a conversation about it, it's not so heated. It's not so in the moment. Do you agree with that? Yes, yes, yes. And I actually, I use that analogy all the time when, I, when I'm when i trying to teach people to take a step back and take a deep breath. Like, you know, in that everyone has those, you know, evolutionary things where if we are at our lowest evolution before we learn how to take a step back, say, you know, as a Scorpio, I'm the scorpion, I'm on the ground. How great is my perception of what's going on if I'm on the ground and I can barely see beyond the grass? But then as you elevate and become the eagle, your perception of what's going on around you and your ability to kind of look around and go, okay, well, maybe they're having a bad day and it has nothing to do with me. Or maybe we can find common ground over here, right? When we're able to elevate and look at a greater perspective and not just on the ground where we have almost no perspective at all, we get a greater sense of let me find some compassion and let me respond to this after I gain some clarity instead of having to strike right away with the iron pot. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I feel like that uh, has worked for me because you're not in combative mode anymore. So they're going to let their guard down too and probably listen. Whereas if you kind of go in and start attacking, it's like they're going to get their back up and go, whoa, right? (laughs) Like what's going on here? And then it never ends nicely that way. I know that you do a lot of energy work. So how can this help uh, us find love? You know, how exactly does this work and, and how can someone get into this? So along with astrology, I actually do something um, because I am a Reiki master, a theta healer, and a shamanic practitioner. I combine those and do something called a cord cutting and soul retrieval. Because a lot of times when we've been in a relationship or even the relationship with our parents or if we've seen toxic habits or relationships from our parents, which most of us have at some point, you know, we hold on to those things and we carry them into future relationships, you know, and the resentments that we hold, whether it's with parents or or exes, all those resentments we carry into new relationships. And then we wonder why things aren't going smoothly. I help people release those resentments that they have to their parents, to themselves, to generational things that have been passed down. And and the most important one is with yourself, because a lot of times, especially if you've been with a partner that has maybe cheated or, you know, um, betrayed your trust in some way, you start to question your own judgment and blame yourself for choosing the wrong partner. And that cord needs to be cut too, because you need to get to a place where you actually trust yourself and your own judgment. So you know in your gut that you're choosing the right partner. I love that. We spoke about cord cutting last week with our guest last week as well. (laughs) Um, I'd love to get into more of that. 
but we don't have time, unfortunately. Annie, I absolutely love you. Um, I would love to get into the cord cutting conversation. Uh, I know you do have uh, a lot of amazing services that you offer. So where can people learn more about you and some of the services that you offer? Yes. Well, I make it really easy. Um, You can always find me in the single in the city rooms on Clubhouse. My uh, name is Ms. M.S. Annie Parker, A-N-N-I-E-P-A-R-K-E-R. It's the same on Instagram and all the links to contact me are in my bio. So Ms. Annie Parker. And then my website is MsAnnieParker.com. So super easy, just M.S. Annie Parker, and you can find all of my info there. Amazing. And I have good news. If you guys are struggling with your dating life, we can help you change that and transform your relationship with yourself and a potential partner. Um, I have experts who are going to help you acquire the tools that you need to find the person that you want to be with and put an end to your single status. I have created a dating seminar um, on the 20th and 21st of November. If you'd like more information on that, please head over to my Instagram, official Laura Bellotta. And it's the link. Just click on the link in my bio for more information. And I believe Annie is going to be a part of that as well. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in each and every week. Until next week, ciao for now.